Homestyle Green, episode 126. How does architecture and spaces make a difference to people's lives? G'day and welcome back to episode 126 of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. My name's Matthew Cutler-Welsh and I'm the host of the show. This week I'm talking with Dominique Getliff in Boulder, Colorado and Alejandra Boltadano who happens to be in Nicaragua. Now, Alejandra and Dominique are actually in the same practice and they have an amazing architectural firm with about seven people uh, based in Boulder, Colorado, but with a great international perspective and some shared values and shared loves of spaces in the world, which they share during this uh, interview. It's a really inspiring interview talking about the responsibility of architecture and what, how architecture sort of should, good architecture should provide a, a framework rather than a, a complete solution. So I hope you enjoy this, but before we get into it, I just do want to thank our great sponsors, which uh, without them it wouldn't be possible to carry on doing this show. First of all, we have the wonderful folk at Proclimber, and Proclimber are the makers of and suppliers of building wraps for air tightness, and they really understand vapor transfer through the house, which is something that you really need to understand if you're going to have a, a high-performing home. And also, at the moment, I'm just highlighting the benefits because it's cold here in uh, New Zealand at the moment. It's uh, almost the end of, end of winter time, but it is part of the, the coldest part of the year. And that's a good reminder that if you are building, then you need warm feet. And your house needs warm feet if it's going to stay warm. And one of the best ways of doing that is to get in touch with MaxRaft. Uh, MaxRaft are the only integrated solution for a completely insulated concrete uh, foundation slab. So check them out, maxraft.co.nz and also proclimber.co.nz or proclimber.com. Now, I started out by asking both Alejandra and Dominique why they do what they do. Alejandra? Sure. Okay. Do I have to go first? Sure. Why yeah. do I do what I do? You mean besides I cannot imagine doing anything else? <laughs> Why? That could be a short, good short answer. <laughs> you can't imagine doing anything else. Have you always, yeah, been, you always been inspired to do architecture? Why was I inspired to do architecture? I think um, from early age, um, I um, thought of spaces and how um, I um, – and how those – create wonderful memories with family, which was our uh, vacations, um, was always with the big family and what the house meant to those vacations was, was critical or how the house could hold that many people, 50 people for a whole week, uh, felt pretty crucial, um, and how all the activities happen within that structure. And that typically happened at the beach. So I think, um, also I had this, this interest in how can spaces make you enjoy your space in that case was nature and um, how in the way they were designed um, could be totally appropriate for the activities that were going to happen like at the beach where you had 30 kids full of sand and salt for a whole week Um, and so how that space was 
um, design in a, in a appropriate way for that activity or, or not. Um, so I think maybe that's where I started enjoying um, how a space made a difference in my life or in somebody else's life. So that's interesting because um, it was it was obviously a lot to do with the beach, but while other people might just be enjoying the beach, you, you were thinking about right. <laughs> why does this particular space facilitate that enjoyment or how does it contribute to that enjoyment of a natural environment? Correct, yes. And, and, and sometimes not so much. Sometimes you were way too hot to win. <laughs> right. Way, yeah. too, way too hot to enjoy anything, so there was that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, how about you, Dominic? Why, why do you do what you do? Um, what do I keep doing what I'm doing? <laughs> 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 Some days you wonder. <laughs> but... Uh, no, I got I got into it because uh, I to start with I like the um, the artistic aspect of architecture, but then also there's the technology uh, part of it, and that's what was appealing is like that uh, I always like to draw and so on, and but it's it's drawing something that is to me was uh, meaningful that had a, a I, kn- I know was going to have an impact on the people that were going to um, use the space, use the building. And, uh, and I'm, I, I would say, um, a people person. And uh, along the way, I also discovered that I enjoy the process of designing and, uh, with people and uh, elaborating uh, that with, um, with our uh, partners you know, working together, but then also with a client and elaborating a project and not having any idea to start with what it's going to be uh, like, but then having a discovery process. And then what maintains me in it, because there are difficulties, there are frustrations, there are uh, challenges uh, that at times you feel like, well, this is really, uh, is that worth it? And what makes it worth it is when at the end of a project you um, get the reaction and, um, and, and not necessarily when people are moving in, but over, over the years, uh, that, uh, it's, it's confirming, it's being confirmed by the people, uh, living there or working there that, wow, that, that thing really did a lot more than we were expecting. And it really changed our, our way of doing things and our way, our outlook, um, uh, and sometimes, like Andre saying, of connecting to the environment and so on. So those are things that I didn't suspect to start with in my career, but that came along just as I didn't suspect all the difficulties. I didn't suspect all the um, all those um, big, um, meaningful impact that uh, architecture has. So I feel I feel we have that. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility and and. And architecture is, my mind is not just a grand gesture. It, ha- it, it has to be rooted and it has to be um, meaningful and it has to be, and I know that's an emphasis on your um, blog, it has to work with uh, nature and, and um, be respectful of nature and work with nature and not against nature. And that word responsibility has come up a few times when I've spoken to architects as well and they, I feel that, that you mentioned architecture is a unique combination for you of art, the technology, but the people as well. And at the core are are the people. So you obviously feel 
a sense of responsibility to all those areas when you embark on a project. That's that's correct, and and you know there's <clears throat> there's that um, that sense of responsibility comes with. Uh, yes, there will be an impact, and it can be positive or negative, and and typically it's going to be a mix, and you're going to. Uh, what you want is to tend toward positive, the social impact, as the impact on the community, the impact on the environment, and so on and so forth. But what I what I don't see is the architecture can can be just a, a grand gesture, and and that's I think that's something that has been bothering me in uh, a lot of architecture and things that are you know star star architecture that where it's a grand gesture with a signature and so on and. And it could be, I can see that if you do a, a sculpture that is going to be a self-expression and, and it's going to um, affect uh, people that are just viewing it. But when you're doing something that where people are going to be living with and is going to be uh, impactful on the environment and there's a lot of responsibility. So it should not, in my mind, it should not be a grand gesture. It should be something that is rooted, that is meaningful, that has... Um, uh, carries values uh, through, and that is also a common. Uh, as an architect, you're the catalyst of a process. You're not. I don't see it as. Uh, here, I I do a sketch and I I uh, design this and I put my signature on it. It's 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 yours, but it's not yours. And we've been working on projects with Alejandra where. You don't know where this comes from. It's not. It's, it doesn't matter. This idea coming from one person or another. It's like this. The whole process that uh, led led to this, and how you conduct that process. Does it take I, I a while? To, Sorry, Alhandra, you go. No, just quickly. I have to say. Um, I mean, besides the maybe responsibilities that you would uh, um, imagine having, such as the impact in society, etc., in, in a place. Um, I think one responsibility that we feel and take much to heart is to through that through a process um, we all discover something new about the world and about what we're dealing with or the project um, or the people or um, or share that we make sure that we share a new perspective about something and that there's always a discovery of a little something in every project I think is is what also makes it um, Responsible or do you have a specific example of, of that of something you've worked a on specific recently? Specific example. Hmm. Let's see, Dominique, if you can help me there, I'm going to think. But uh, let's see. Um, for example, yes, um, a project uh, is being developed here in Nicaragua is with uh, two NGOs, one uh, located here, one in the U.S. in Colorado. They both uh, are about climate change and how to um, uh, give, uh, let's say, um, a community the tools and the knowledge to um, adjust and um, work with climate change. Um, and so it was a, uh, they were developing a center for uh, research, education, uh, fabrication of, let's say, uh, eco stoves uh, that are efficient in burning wood, etc. Right. And I think one one little discovery we had uh, through that process that we brought as um, outsiders to the communities, but also as being 
Nicaragua, understanding the culture of Nicaragua and understanding uh, maybe um, the culture of uh, the scientists that will be part of that education or that activities that would happen on that center that would come from other countries. Um, we were able to question, well, how do people learn? And in Nicaragua, we believe that people do not necessarily, the people learn from people. You learn from your aunt and uncle, uh, and you learn at the market where you go buy your tomatoes, uh, or if your your mom makes shoes, then you learn how to make shoes at home. And so um, I think it was a little discovery for everybody or for the NGOs to realize that, oh, the image of the Center for Climate Change needs to be of people, of like a market, a market of technology or science or education and research. Um, and so having a little twist of that image from an institution or from, let's say, a university or a campus or uh, an entity that um, had a lot of knowledge, it had to change, switch a little bit to that image of a market of people. That was um, a, I think that was... Uh, mm-hmm, that was a really difficult. interesting yeah, twist to the project. That's true. Uh, and that uh, in, in Nicaragua, people are less prone to learn from a lecture where you have somebody uh, the, on, the, on the stage and then talking and preaching to people. It's uh, they learn more from uh, informal communication, like Alejandro is saying, waiting in line in, in the market and exchanging about this and that, ideas and so on. Uh, Which could totally it, change the shape of what you design because if you lay exactly. uh, sort of more, I guess, more Western or traditional assumptions on that design brief, you'd end up with a whole bunch of lecture theatres. And exactly. that, yeah. are you saying that that's not, what was the result of, you know, how did that shape uh, the, the, the form and the function of the, the ultimate outcome? Well, it, it, if you look at it, it looks a lot more like an open market, but instead of having uh, vegetables and, uh, and uh, meat shops and so on, you have... Uh, uh, like the wood stoves, and you have solar panels, and you have um, um, uh, seeds for uh, reforestation, and so on, and some uh, some sampling of that, and so on and so forth. And so, but it's it's the setting architecturally is more of a market that you kind of meander around and and um, and get informed as as you go and as your interest goes. Nice. And I want to come back to you mentioned um, obviously green architecture is a big part of your what your your practice um perhaps um andrew what from your perspective what does green architecture mean for me i think we might have a similar answer to this one but um for me green or sustainable uh, to start means understanding where is it that you are located um uh, meaning uh, response that is integrated in the design just on how the building is oriented, uh, what materials are you using, is the building uh, low or high, um, how much uh, natural ventilation, how much you protect or uh, allow the sun to come in, etc. Uh, is what in my mind makes it green, let's say that from a, uh, or sustainable from an ecological perspective. Um, from the other aspects, um, how is it economically sustainable or socially sustainable is uh, basically um, making sure you understand the objectives, you understand the solutions that you're proposing, and you understand how those will basically last long term or would be solutions for long term. Um, getting to, for me in any project, getting to the very root 
what is it that we're trying to do is the most important thing. Um, and uh, we concentrate a lot of time on that more than thinking of a solution. Um, if we don't understand the, the issue or the problem or the need, um, then there's, there's no point on elaborating any ideas on anything, uh, about anything, uh, any response. And how do you do that? Because I imagine when people first come to you, they have in their mind that they want a building and they've already got, they've already sort of <laughs> progressed down that. How do you, how do you back the truck up a little <laughs> bit and say, um, well, actually what's the, what's the purpose here? Well, I yes. was saying, no, 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 no. You got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine that goes down well with clients. Yeah, I know her. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we probably have very different methodologies. I, um, I uh, question a lot. Uh, um, endlessly. I question, yes, I question endlessly until I get satisfied with I, me understanding what is this about. Uh, and I do probably... Um, reprimand people <laughs> a little bit for wanting to jump into solutions and I keep telling them, uh, you're not concerned with a solution right now, you're concerned to understanding what is that you need. Um, but so dialogue, I think to start to start is a lot of dialogue. But, and, yeah. and, and specifically and, honing in on, because you can have a dialogue, you could ask people how many rooms they want and how many, how many bathrooms, but I'm guessing that you're focusing more on the why and the underlying needs before you get into the the specification, if you like. Correct. And is, is that similar for you, uh, Dominic? Yeah, totally, totally, um, pretty much identical. I mean, we have a different style to go going about it, but um, but the core of it is is exactly what Alejandro is is uh, talking about, and it's really. Um, yeah, you, people come to you and they all already have um, somewhat of a solution in their head and what it should look like and so on. And basically you have to backtrack and, and ask and spend the time and push for what are the fundamental questions about the project. What is why, like you're saying, and what is this about and what, are, what is going to be achieved for, through that. And you know, forget about what it's going to look like. But that's, that's a battle right there because people come with quite often with an image. I want it to look like that. And, yeah. and Alejandro is definitely dealing with that in Nicaragua and, and even more so than here, right, Alejandro? Correct. Um, uh, but you're correct, Matthew, that the, question, the why question is not um, uh, functional. To start, it's about, it's about what do you want to feel? What, what is, the, want, what is what's yes. the philosophy of the project? Yeah, what, uh, what is the intent? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a great distinction. I wish we had a train in Nicaragua. <laughs> you could. You could. <laughs> I Where, would love to have a train. Where is that? Is that the car? Is that in, it's in uh, Colorado? Yeah, we are about a mile, not a mile, half mile from a uh, track, and that's a merchandise track. I, I wish it would be a passenger train, but it's not. It sounds big. It's it's full of coal. What is the connection between Boulder, Colorado, and Nicaragua? It, it's obvious, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alejandro, you you can answer that one. You want me to answer that? Um, the connection, I think, is that you had two architects that met at some point about probably eleven years ago. And uh, they had um, lots of dreams of what they wanted to do, um, 
that included basically architecture, change the world, travel, um, enjoy what you do, have other people enjoy what you do, um, and be part of the world, meaning be international and do projects that were meaningful of different scales, different types of clients. Um, and so the connection happens to be that one architect was from France living in Colorado and the other architect was from Nicaragua, happening to be in Colorado at the time. And uh, they uh, and they started working together and 11 years later, they're still working together. Um, and we're still pursuing our dream to do work and we are doing work in different countries uh, from different places. Um, we um, try to use technology as much as possible to diminish the distance and have great communication as we're having now. Yeah. And, uh, and basically, yeah, meet people from all over and do projects that hopefully have, have a good meaning and a good impact all over. And how conscious of environmental issues in general are people in Nicaragua? It's not top of mind when I think of green-inspired places, but you mentioned climate change, which I can imagine is starting to have an impact there. What, what are people's general thoughts around sustainability and, and green type of stuff? So overall, I think there is a conscious, there is an awareness of, of climate, um, and is I would say it was because buildings here are open. Um, it's mm -hmm. not people don't think of uh, climate change or ecology or being green in terms of dollar amount. Like sometimes people in the U.S. think about it because they're going to see a huge impact in their finances if they have a well insulated home or uh, right if they um, can lower their electricity and um, bill and their gas bill for heating systems. So here is, I think, is a more primary level of being comfort. Um, so you do see that people know that if they do a thatch roof um, space, there's going to be a lot more comfortable uh, thermally than any other type of um, any other type of material. Right. So it, I don't think people think of, of green as um, as it's the answer to stop climate change, but they. Think Think of it as a daily, um, uh, you want to have ventilation, so whatever they do, they, they make sure to have those things. Um, they make sure to have shade. And um, um. Now, um, in, in the majority, for, for projects that, let's say, uh, we are getting involved, um, a lot of times it, they have to do with uh, projects that are uh, hospitality, ecotourism. Um, those are located in places like Virgin uh, Beach, um, and in that case, there is an awareness of uh, cons conservation. I mean, they do want to preserve the natural environment, and so they think about green for that. Um, and same um, sustainability in terms of, I think, the social aspects. But um, I would say that's how they think about it. So, yeah. Now, you've mentioned a few times your goal to change the world. And, Dominic, I... I believe that if all buildings were seen by architects with your type of thinking, uh, you would change the world. But the part, of the, the real challenge is that so few buildings, uh, particularly houses, are seen by someone who's prepared to put in that sort of time and energy into the 
the thought process before the the technical design. How do you have more influence, or how does architecture have more influence to to change the world? Um, well, I, I think it's um, it's where okay. There's a, a various scale to uh, what do we do, and uh, and yes, there's the individual house, and it might change the world for a family or for a few couple of people. Uh, there's also uh, community projects, and I'm thinking of uh, co-housing projects mm-hmm. uh, that we have been involved in, and we're involved right now in a project in northern Germany, which is a whole neighborhood with 60 units, and we have a lot of talks about not just the buildings and what the buildings would do as being passive, passive building, highly insulated, and using permaculture approaches and so on, but we're also looking at the whole community. What, how do we deal with uh, cars and how do people uh, that come there will leave their cars and, and not use it because we'll facilitate um, people moving around on, on foot or, and on, on bikes and so on and so forth. So, so there is um, kind of – and there's always that in architecture is where you want to – you want to put out a model or to put a, to put out a project that is going to push the envelope, but it also needs to be in tune with what people are looking for because if you go too far, well, people are not going to, to buy into it. And the great thing about the co-housing project we were involved in uh, a few years back is uh, that was here in Colorado is where it was a core group of people that uh, got in it and they wanted to set up a convivial living, a convivial neighborhood where you share resources, where you don't have to um, buy everyone buying all kind of equipments, where you can share playgrounds and, and, uh, and you can share a common house. And, uh, and that was impactful for the community that lives there, some uh, 30 families, but it was also impactful for the whole community at large as a model for um, for Fort Collins in that case, which that model has been um, uh, in Fort Collins. Now there are two or three communities uh, uh, similar to that. Uh, so I think it's, it's kind of, there's a, a little bit of a snowball effect mm-hmm. that you want to, to start pushing the ball in one direction, make sure that there's enough people on board with that. And then, then if it's a viable model, you know, Ten years, fifteen years later, that community is is alive. There's been a turnaround of people, about half of them. But people that are there, are the core, or that were there at the beginning, are still there. Half of them, and so it's a live community. It changes, and and uh, but they added to it. Uh, so so it's. But what I see a lot of times, I see our work not giving the full answer. But basically, giving like like setting up a lattice. I mean, I take I use that comparison, that metaphor of we setting up a lattice, and then the vine is going to grow on it. So it's not like we just so we give the framework, and the framework has to be favorable for the vine to grow and to develop. Um, so it, so it's 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 where you initiate and then. Life takes takes over, and community takes over, and things evolve, and 
And it's, it's really amazing to when, when you see over time that happening. I mean, it's, it's really a great satisfaction. And that comes back to your um, description before of avoiding, well, I think you termed it star architecture, where someone, an architect who's a bit more egotistical, is providing the whole thing and putting their badge on it and saying, this is the building, this is the whole event. But what you're you're coming from more of a place of facilitation and letting the people contribute the final touches and letting the whole thing grow once you put the people back in it. That's, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, hey. And I, you know, I, I admire, I mean, what I admire with uh, people that can uh, do those kind of sculptural architecture is not so much the design is their force of, you know, being able to convince a bunch of people to do what their <laughs> ego is dictating to do. I mean, right. I'm really yeah. impressed by that. I mean, <laughs> slightly <laughs> overconfident, maybe. Um, yes, the way I understand those projects is um, architecture of entertainment. That's, um, that's how I explain a, yeah, how they happen. That's right. There's, there's a val- entertainment value. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yes. So sort of a, they get to have a novelty factor to them, but they're not necessarily going to be in for the for the long haul. That's my sense. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, it's a, it's a fascinating um, combination, a, a French architect in Colorado and uh, joining forces <laughs> in, in um, Nicaragua. But it's obviously working. You've got a great team there. How, many, how big is your team? We are um, around seven people. Right. And, you, and you're yeah. doing work. You mentioned Germany. Where else have, have you got projects on the go? Uh, right now we're doing um, a, um, a local organic uh, farm here. That is under construction in Colorado. In Colorado, mm-hmm. and uh, we're doing another kind of small farmhouse here as well in Colorado, and uh, that project in Germany. What uh, what else? Um, um, Do you work all over the U.S.? And yeah, we have worked all over the U.S. Yeah, from uh, Oregon to New Mexico to Rhode Island. Yeah, right. Not every state, by any means, but <laughs> in those different uh, those different locations. Yeah. yeah, but you're certainly available, and you are very well uh, um, established or, or represented across various different platforms. You're on Facebook, Pinterest. You've got a, a house uh, account. Where where's the best place for people to get in touch if they'd like to find out more about what you do or maybe work with you? Okay, I, I didn't get the question. <clears throat> You're talking about um, where where can people get in touch with what, you? What is I think well, the, I think the the best way is through our website. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, going to info and get leave. Um, <clears throat> that's the that's the best uh, first uh, first uh, opening. Great. And I think the second best is to give us a call and schedule to have <laughs> a lunch with us on Skype. Uh, we do that quite often. Um, we basically almost weekly have a studio lunch with uh, our whole team, and we always have a guest. And the guest could be a representative for a product. He could be a student that wants to learn about architecture. It could be a potential client. He could be a potential, um, uh, uh, let's say, a network, uh, like an engineer that we might work together on a project. Um, 
So, and then sometimes it's just friends that nice. have a story to share. So that's every um, every Wednesday uh, lunchtime, which actually we have one uh, going to happen today. Coming up. Yeah, coming up, <laughs> right. And there <laughs> must be there must be a good way for uh, for you to to keep in touch as well. Definitely. That's yes. What, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, um, we have to start wrapping up. So thank you very much for your time. Do you have any final comments or advice for someone who's starting out on, a, on their own project of, of wanting to create a, a home or a, or a sustainable building in some way? What, what would you, what top tip would you give them? I would, I would, um, okay, I'm jumping in, Alejandro. Yes. No, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, and that's what I would tell our clients is, uh, okay, you're in a, for a process and um, the process kind of is going to be strenuous, it's going to be demanding, but it's going to be also a lot of fun. And, and it's, it's really take advantage of that um, experience to have fun with it because in our societies, it's not uh, often that you can put time aside for that. I mean, most of the time you go to the store and you buy a finished product. In this case, you're creating a product. You're creating something. And uh, it's not <clears throat> it's um, being open-minded about the, uh, the end result. It's not to have a preconceived idea. It's to leave that um, to um, be a result of an in-depth uh, process. Right, and you, Alejandro? Yeah, I think um, I was I was going to say something along the same lines, and um, uh, what came to mind first was give yourself the freedom to have an open mind and explore options. Explore, so often, yeah. often clients come with the idea that um, a particular it could be a particular product or a construction system. It's green, and is you know that's what they want to do. Um, and often our first step is to say, well, let's think about it. Really, why is that the best option for your project? Um, and to do that along the way, to give yourself permission to do that along the way every step to make sure you are finding the best solutions for your case, which is always unique. Great. Some great advice. Hey, thank you very much for your time, both of you. I really appreciate it. Um, and keep up the great work. That's uh, that's uh, was amazing. Where we could um, between the three accents, Spanish, uh, <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand, and France, we could do just fine. It is very impressive, and I think uh, I think that says something about the state of architecture and design <clears throat> in general. Is that, and I see this pretty often on the show that. A lot of the issues are similar, and uh, they they're happening all over the place. So um, that's true. That's yeah. true. We share the same same world. I mean, that's, that's right. We, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. What's a pleasure? Thank you so much. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Matthew. Bye. Bye bye. That was Dominic Getliff there speaking to us from Boulder, Colorado, and Alejandra. Boltadano speaking to us from Nicaragua, both of the same practice, uh, which is GetLiff. Uh, you can find them at getliff.com. I'll put all the links up in the show notes, which you'll be able to find over at homestylegreen.com forward slash 126. It's number 126. And they have got some great, uh, beautiful images of some of the work they've done, and they're pretty well connected out on Howes, Pinterest, Facebook, 
uh, Twitter as well. So do reach out to them. It's great when um, you hear someone that you maybe inspires you or says something that you you like. I mean, there were some great quotes in there from both Dominic and, and Alejandra. So uh, if they said something or you were interested by something that uh, they spoke about today, then why not get in touch, hit them up on Twitter or Facebook and uh, and say hi. Now, if you are in the process of thinking about your home and, and want to know how you can make either your existing house more comfortable and more fitting to your lifestyle, or perhaps you're looking at doing a new project and you're just not satisfied with what you've got at the moment, you're thinking about creating a, a new house somewhere, then get in touch. I have got some spaces available, I mentioned last week, to do uh, some to help you out to do some uh, house plan reviews. And what that means is uh, either helping out at the very early concept stage, some of the, the things that Alejandra was talking about today, thinking about really what is the purpose of that build and more than happy to sit down or, or Skype wherever you are and go through that process. Or perhaps you have started that already and you've got a bit of a concept design. You'd just like to run it past another pair of eyes. It's, it's great to get more feedback early on and, and more design ideas uh, to change things while it's still cheap because it's very easy to, to move lines on a piece of paper. It's very hard to move brick walls and, and timber framing later on and expensive too. So save yourself a bit of time, avoid regrets, and if you would like to find out more about getting a house plan review, then get in touch with me. You can email me, matthew at homestylegreen.com or just check out uh, homestylegreen.com for a bunch of other ways to get in touch. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Come along next week. We've got loads more interviews coming up. So in the meantime, go make a better place to live.